You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. SolarWinds seeks dismissal of SEC allegations, urgent calls to implement fixes for Jenkins' open-source software automation tools, a New Jersey township closes schools and offices after a cyber attack, the Center for Cybersecurity Belgium warns of a critical vulnerability in GitLab, the FBI arrests a notorious swatter, HHS releases cybersecurity performance goals, the feds remind organizations to preserve online messaging, Mercedes-Benz exposes data after an authentication token was left unsecured. A dark web drug dealer pleads guilty. Our guest is Caleb Barlow from Cyberbit, discussing hacker celebrities and why yours truly did not make the list. And threats of airport terrorism on public Wi-Fi is no joking matter. It's Monday, January 29th, 2024. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is your CyberWire Intel Briefing. A good Monday to you. It is great to have you with us here today. SolarWinds Corporation has strongly denied any wrongdoing in handling a major cyber attack and is seeking to dismiss allegations by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission that it defrauded investors and violated controls. In a court filing, SolarWinds argued it had adequately disclosed cybersecurity risks prior to the Russian state hack of its Orion platform and had properly informed investors about the breach's potential impact. This response challenges the SEC's unprecedented enforcement action which alleges security fraud and control violations. The company, along with its chief information security officer, Tim Brown, contends that the SEC is overreaching by demanding more detailed disclosures about cybersecurity programs, which they argue would be impractical and dangerous. SolarWinds asserts it provided sufficient warning to investors about the possibility of a nation-state cyber attack before the sunburst attack occurred. The SEC's complaint criticized SolarWinds for vague risk disclosures and failure to reveal specific cybersecurity weaknesses. SolarWinds maintains that these were granular concerns not required to be disclosed to investors. 
The company also disputes the SEC's claim of failing to disclose the initial impact of the Orion vulnerability, arguing it was entitled to conduct a thorough investigation before drawing conclusions. Furthermore, SolarWinds argues the SEC wrongly conflated financial accounting controls with cybersecurity controls. They state if Congress intended the SEC to oversee public companies' cybersecurity, it would have been explicitly mentioned in legislation. Tim Brown, facing charges for his role in the alleged violations, argues that the statements he signed were not intended for investors and that he did not knowingly violate disclosure or internal accounting controls. The motion to dismiss describes his inclusion in the lawsuit as unwarranted and inexplicable. The case awaits a decision from Judge Paul A. Engelmeyer. Two significant security vulnerabilities in Jenkins, a widely used open-source software automation tool, have prompted urgent calls for organizations to implement fixes. Discovered by SonarSource, a code quality and security firm, these flaws could enable unauthenticated attackers to execute remote code and compromise the software. The first vulnerability allows certain unauthenticated attackers to read parts of a file, while the second permits even those with read-only permissions to access entire files. More alarmingly, some attackers could potentially read binary files containing cryptographic keys integral to Jenkins' features, paving the way for a range of remote code execution attacks. These vulnerabilities were reported to Jenkins' maintainers by Sonar Source in November of 2023, who also collaborated with them to confirm the effectiveness of the subsequent fix. The Jenkins team released an advisory last week detailing these security issues. The Freehold Township School District in New Jersey announced the closure of all its schools and offices on Monday due to a cybersecurity incident. The district informed families and staff about the situation through emails and voicemails, citing technical issues stemming from the incident. School officials are collaborating with external IT experts to address and resolve the issue. The specific cause of the cybersecurity incident has not been immediately identified. The Center for Cybersecurity Belgium warns that a critical vulnerability has been discovered in GitLab CEEE posing a significant security risk. This arbitrary write vulnerability allows an authenticated user to write files to arbitrary locations on the GitLab server during workspace creation. Malicious attackers could exploit this flaw to upload web shells or other malware, potentially compromising the GitLab server. Such a breach could lead to the exfiltration of sensitive data and further network infiltration, endangering the entire organization. To address this vulnerability, the Center for Cybersecurity Belgium strongly advises immediate action, including patching vulnerable devices to versions that have dealt with the issue, temporarily disabling user sign-up to reduce the potential attack surface, and implementing a zero-trust network or VPN for all GitLab instances to provide a robust defense-in-depth strategy. The FBI has reportedly arrested a 17-year-old from California, believed to be the prolific swatter known as Tor Swats. The teenager faces extradition to Seminole County, Florida, where he is charged with four felonies related to high-profile swatting incidents, including attacks on a mosque and a courthouse. He will be prosecuted as an adult under Florida law, 
Swatting, which involves making fake emergency calls to provoke a heavy police response, has surged nationwide. Tor Swats is accused of making numerous false reports, causing significant disruptions and financial losses. Private investigator Brad Dennis, who assisted the FBI in the case, played a key role in identifying Tor Swats by capturing the suspect's IP address. The investigation revealed Tor Swats' methods, which included using commercial VPNs and Google Voice for swatting schools and public facilities. U.S. Senator Rick Scott has proposed legislation to increase penalties for swatting, reflecting the growing seriousness with which these crimes are viewed. It's unclear whether the Tor Swats online persona was run by a single person, and there are indications that multiple people may have been involved. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has released Voluntary Cybersecurity Performance Goals, CPGs, for the healthcare sector, aiming to enhance cybersecurity measures. These CPGs, structured for healthcare organizations, focus on strengthening cyber preparedness, enhancing resiliency, and protecting patient information. Developed from CISA's CPGs and informed by common cybersecurity frameworks, they address attack vectors identified in the 2023 Hospital Cyber Resiliency Landscape Analysis. The CPGs feature essential goals to mitigate vulnerabilities and improve response to cyber attacks and enhanced goals to further advance cybersecurity capabilities. They emphasize email security, multi-factor authentication, cybersecurity training, strong encryption, and prompt revocation of credentials for departing workforce members. Incident planning, unique credentials, vendor cybersecurity, and network segmentation are also highlighted. Federal antitrust enforcers have issued a warning that companies under investigation must preserve and submit instant messaging records, including those from platforms like Slack, WhatsApp, and Signal. The Justice Department and Federal Trade Commission are modifying their communication to companies to clarify this requirement. Failure to comply could result in fines or criminal charges for document destruction. This announcement follows concerns about the deletion of chats in recent antitrust cases. The Justice Department is seeking sanctions against Google for not preserving internal communications, while the FTC has alleged that Amazon employees, including Jeff Bezos, used Signal to conceal communications during an antitrust investigation. Amazon denies these claims, stating it has collected and allowed inspection of Signal conversations by the FTC. Mercedes-Benz inadvertently exposed its internal data, including source code, due to an employee's authentication token being left in a public GitHub repository. Shubham Mittal of Red Hunt Labs, who discovered this breach during a routine internet scan, reported that the token provided unrestricted access to Mercedes' GitHub Enterprise server. This lapse allowed anyone to download the company's private source code repositories containing intellectual property, cloud access keys, design documents, passwords, and other critical information. Evidence showed that the repositories included Microsoft Azure and Amazon Web Services keys, a Postgres database, and Mercedes source code. It's unclear if any customer data was compromised. TechCrunch, after being alerted by Mittal, informed Mercedes of the security issue. 
The company confirmed the accidental publication of internal source code due to human error and took immediate action to revoke the API token and remove the public repository. Banmeet Singh, a 40-year-old dark web drug vendor from India, pleaded guilty to trafficking controlled substances like fentanyl, LSD, and ecstasy. His arrest led to the largest single seizure by the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, amounting to $150 million. Operating since at least mid-2012, Singh managed distribution centers across the U.S. and shipped drugs internationally. He laundered millions in cryptocurrency and was designated a priority target by the U.S. Attorney General in 2018. Arrested in April 2019, Singh faced extradition delays until 2023. He has now pleaded guilty to conspiracy charges related to drug trafficking and money laundering and will serve an additional eight years in prison. Coming up after the break, Caleb Barlow from Cyberbit discusses hacker celebrities and why I didn't make the list. Stay with us. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. And now a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals, confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Caleb Barlow. He is the CEO at Cyberbit. 
Uh, Caleb, welcome back. You know, I was talking with uh, my Hacking Humans colleague, uh, uh, Joe Kerrigan, about uh, some of the phishing emails that we see. And it strikes me that we're seeing a lot of celebrities uh, are being used in these phishing emails. I know this is uh, something you've looked into recently. What have you found? Well, you know, as you can imagine, you know, anytime there's a big news event in the world, uh, phishing emails garner around that. But there's right. this great, and it's actually really kind of fun report, just to throw out an attaboy to McAfee Labs. You know, they produce, and they've been doing this for years, this really cool survey of, you know, what are the celebrities that kind of make the top list of most likely to use, be used for phishing emails? And of right. course, you know, more recently, it's kind of what you'd expect. You know, you'd always got like the Tom Hanks in there and the J-Lo's and things like that. But this year, you know, you saw a movement towards the stars in Barbie, such as Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Well, Dave, you weren't on the list this year, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I, have I ever? I don't think I've ever. Thankfully, I don't think I've ever been on the list. Okay, well, we, we, won't, we won't talk about that. <laughs> no, no. I... <laughs> okay, so like Kevin Costner's there. I kind of get that with, you know, the Yellowstone series. Okay. But what's up with number seven, Al Roker? Okay, like I like Al Roker, the weather guy from the Today Show. But yeah. seriously, this is who you're using for fish bait is Al Roker, the weather guy? Yeah. I, you know what? I, I, I wonder with this, and, and again, you know, this is something Joe and I were talking about just recently, that I wonder if you Google a list of most trusted celebrities. Like, oh. to me, that's, that's where an Al Roker lands. You know, the person who, you know, while you're brushing your teeth in the morning and he's telling you the, what the weather's going to be and he's been telling you for the past 20 years. So you don't even think twice about trusting good old Al Roker. Well, then how does, how does Bad Bunny make it in at number nine? I have no idea. <laughs> like, because that's definitely not using the same calculus, no, right? No. Until a couple of weeks ago when, when he hosted Saturday Night Live, I had no idea who he was. So that that would not work on me. But, you know, I think the Elon Musks of the world, they're the, it used to be Bill Gates all the time, right? Is he, even, is he on the list anymore? Not in the top 10. Um, okay. You know, but Elon's still in there, you know, and, and interestingly enough, you know, Elon's been a subject of a lot of deep fake content, right? Right. But I, I think there's a couple of things that we can underscore with this. First of all, as kind of silly as this report is, uh, I mean, again, shout out to McAfee. I think this is a great thing to use for security education, right? Because a lot more fun than, oh, can you please have your password be 14 characters long and here's why? It at least starts to show what people are clicking on. Frankly, in some cases, it even gives you the ability to search on things. I mean, if you're a financial firm and you start seeing people doing searches on Bad Bunny, eh, you probably got something else going on, right? <laughs> right, right. But the other thing it really is insight to is how AI starts to enter this equation, You know, both in the ability to write phishing emails, write them in such a way that people are likely to click on them. Mm. It's also a really good precursor to what we're probably going to run into in the 2024 election, where you know, particularly during the, you know, the early process here, we've got various candidates and all kinds of interesting stories that may surround around them. It, it demonstrates both the crazy stuff we're going to click on, but also a little bit of how, you know, kind of we can get various types of misinformation spread on candidates. It just goes to show you how easy it is to get people to click on a lot of this stuff if it's somebody they want to hear more about. Yeah. 
I really like your point about using this for the security awareness training. Now, I can imagine an organization, you know, in the corporate Slack saying, hey, everybody, you know, don't look it up, but what do you guess are the top 10 celebrities used in phishing emails? That's the kind of thing people would jump in on and have fun uh, collaborating on. Well, not only that, but like, just like we were talking about here, like you kind of get into the, why on earth did you choose this person? And, right. <laughs> you know, what, but here's the other thing that I think is very interesting about this, right? Is remember in most of the places where these phishing emails are getting written, English is not the native language. Yeah. And, you know, I think historically we would see these, you know, phishing emails written around people that you really knew about, like whoever the president of the United States was, people like Bill Gates and Elon Musk and things like that. You would also see soccer stars listed often because soccer is a little more international, if you will, than, mm -hmm. let's say, you know, NFL football players. But, you know, the other thing I really wonder about is how much is AI helping these fraudsters really shape both the email they send as well as what celebrities they target by using those tools to do exactly that. Who's the most trusted? Who's the most clicked on? I mean, you can see all of that now coming out of these social media networks and it becomes really powerful to build these tools. Yeah, absolutely. All right, fun stuff. Caleb Barlow, thank you so much for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And finally, we've all seen the signs while waiting our turn at airport security that say something along the lines of, no jokes, all security threats are taken seriously. Here's a reminder that even a private joke might not be so private and could land you in hot water. 18-year-old Aditya Verma was making his way through the UK's Gatwick Airport, preparing to board his flight to Spain. He jokingly messaged a friend on Snapchat about being a Taliban member and planning to blow up his plane to Spain. However, he was using the airport's public Wi-Fi, and his message was intercepted by British security, leading to his arrest upon landing in Spain and two days in jail. Just in case, Spanish authorities scrambled F-18 jets to escort the plane. After his release, Verma faced interrogation by British intelligence agencies, but was not deemed a national security threat. However, he's charged with causing public disorder in Spain and now faces a potential fine of up to $120,000, partially to cover the cost of scrambling the fighter jets. His lawyer defended the private nature of the joke. It's never a good idea to make jokes about terrorism, and evidently even less so when using public Wi-Fi. 
And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. Don't forget to check out the Grumpy Old Geeks podcast, where I contribute to a regular segment on Jason and Brian's show every week. You can find Grumpy Old Geeks where all the fine podcasts are listed. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like The Cyberwire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector, as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Stokes. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producers are Jennifer Iben and Brandon Karp. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire.